1: Oilers now with Bob Stauffer weekdays at noon on Oilers radio 630 Chad. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot skill up front, and I think they have a bright future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has. My decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision real easy. This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is Austin. This, this is Kim Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at Hugh savings?
0: Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A.
0: Now, Bob offer on
1: the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed.
2: Yes, we can only hope that the Oilers get back up again after what was a rough weekend. Two games, two losses, and uh, boy, the seat's getting hot for uh, a lot of people, in my opinion. Hey, it's Brendan Escott hanging out with you this afternoon. Bob Stoffer taking the day off. He is up in the air on his way to San Jose with the team. We'll still hear from him in a little bit here to uh, to just kind of get the vibe around the organization this morning, as I'm sure a lot of us can imagine. It's not. Particularly fun to be wearing orange and blue after a pair of losses make it six of seven. Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. It's trusted by 630Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Yes, this is my first full show hosting, and uh, we're going to have some fun with it because (laughs) what else can we do at this point in all all reality? I mean, it was such a good start. It was so promising, and it has really fallen off for this team, but it's early. There's plenty of season to regain it. They just have to stop it now. 12.15, 12:50, we'll hear from Bob, like I mentioned. Uh, 12:35, our regular Monday contributor John Shannon will get his thoughts on uh, the state of the Oilers right now. 1:05, we'll see about going interactive. We'll see if you behave on the text line, and if you do, maybe we'll open up the phone lines. And then at 1:35, we'll get Reed Wilkins in here to uh, to kind of help bring us home, and and yet add another perspective to what has been going on with the Oilers. So let's dive right into it, folks. Again, Brendan Escott hanging out with you today. Bob is traveling with the team. He'll be back tomorrow. So Oilers versus Flames, the first battle of Alberta of the year, and it lived up to expectations in every aspect that we could have hoped. It was physical. It was downright nasty. It was a style of hockey you don't see played anymore. And frankly, as as a fan of the game, how do you not like that? And how do you not like what the Oilers were doing through two periods as well? And then it fell apart in the third. And, you know, scouring Oilers Twitter can be an absolute dumpster fire sometimes. We all know that. We're all part of it. Okay? Nobody's hiding from that. But a lot of what I saw on there was a problem with the fact that Todd McClellan shuffled the lines to, to add a little protection for the star players, right? Lucich was suddenly up on that top line, which is what he gets paid to do. I know a lot of people say that he gets paid too much. I think he gets paid an awful lot of money to not contribute the way that he did once in his career. But he is out there for a game like that and that playoff atmosphere to help to to be able to get into that scrum, to even just be in the back of the mind of somebody like Garnett Hathaway when he's in the scrum. And that was fine through two periods, but when the hockey game resumed in the third, they didn't change that up. And that was when the Oilers were absolutely skated around and that made it really tough for a lot of people to stomach. And then we turn around and it's a quick turnaround. They get Vegas in the second of two games in two nights against two Pacific Division opponents. Some big points on the line, right? And it just wasn't there. And I'm sitting there in the crow's nest and I'm watching that game thinking to myself, was that too emotional against Calgary on Saturday night? Did that take too much out of them? I know they had some plane troubles, (laughs) <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that with Bob Stoffer in a few minutes here. But they didn't get home. I was uh, overheard a conversation with Ty Ratty in the elevator. They didn't get back to their homes until 3 o'clock on Sunday morning. And then they had to turn around and play another tough game with an early start time, no less, at 6. And it really showed, I mean, 6-3, you're talking about, to a Vegas team that is a shell of what they appeared to be last year on their Stanley Cup run. I don't know. I don't know where the team goes from here, but I can tell you that it's a very tense atmosphere around them right now from what I've experienced. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be Bob and pretend that I have that inside scoop and and the knowledge and knowing everybody at every level of that organization. But I can tell you that from the people that I do bump shoulders with down low after the game, (laughs) it's tough. And there's some people, uh, basically, there's one player on this team as far as I'm concerned. Maybe two, because Dreisaitl's really been ch- contributing. But there's two players on this team who shouldn't be worried about a job. And other than that, I mean, this is where we're at, uh, you know, 20-some-odd games into the season. So, I- I wanna, I- I'm want. i going to go back to Calgary for a minute here, and we will get to Bob momentarily. But I want to go back to Calgary, and I want to talk about the Matthew Kachuk thing, because that drove me nuts to sit there on my couch and watch Matthew Kachuk single-handedly you know, uproot a game plan and and for the Oilers not to be able to adapt to that. But I'm not going to blame that necessarily on the Oilers. I don't like how the National Hockey League seems to cater to this new generation of player where you can go around and, you know, be the weasel. And Matthew Kachuk knows what kind of player he is. He's daddy's boy. He knows what he's out there trying to accomplish every single game. And he did that. To an extraordinary level against the Oilers. But when there was any kind of pushback, what did you see happen? You saw Zach Cassian go after him. And I have no problem with that because Matthew Kachuk, 6'2, 200, you're going to tell me he can't hold his own? But he didn't. He turtled instead. And then Zach Cassian ends up with 16 penalty minutes on the same play and i just don't understand how we're trying to instill any accountability in the modern nhl player when you've already you know basically exiled fighting i don't want to i don't want to go that far okay because it still has its place but there's you've got a guy who's basically you know lining up so that he's going to be in a situation especially against a rival where he's going to have to drop the gloves. You don't stick a paw in the in the face of Conor McDavid as the third man into a scrum and expect that nothing's going to happen of that. But answer the damn bell. And you don't have to anymore with the way that this league is officiated. So there's my take. I don't like it. I'm going to find out what John Shannon thinks in a little bit. And with that, I think we should uh, we should first of all I'm gonna let you know how to get a hold of us because we missed that part of it all. Get a hold of me, and again, we'll see, we'll see how the text line is. Maybe we'll open up the phone line. And that is for the River Cree Resort and Casino, 780-496-0063. The River Cree's got 5440 on December 29th. Tickets at ticketmaster.ca. Great band. Ocean Pearl. You can text us as well at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. It is not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility, experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And they're already coming in uh, fast and furious. We'll uh, we'll try and get to as many of them as we can. But we're going to dip right now into the Oilers Audio Vault. You've heard what I think of all of this. Uh, we're going to find out what Todd McClellan thinks in a second. The Oilers Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear. For product knowledge, compliancy, great pricing, and innovation. DirectWorkwear.com, an Edmonton-based company. You already know the story from calgary let's get to the audio recap of last night's 6-3 loss at home to las vegas
1: the oilers 9-9-1 and losers of five of their last six playing host to vegas who staggers in at 8-11-1 losers of three of their last four dry settle to cajula okay, hey, hey. back to the point mcdavid flicked it out to bending a shot redirected, score. And the one-time fourth-line center for John Tortorella's Columbus Blue Jackets will send it in deep. Shot deflected home. Carlson got a piece of a point shot from Shea Theodore. Edmonton bearing down here. Chase on center. skip. Rebound score. It's again out. His eighth of the year is a power play goal and Edmonton. Back in front, 2-1. Oh, Patrick, centering pass, tipped home. Here comes Eakin walking in, shoots and scores. Colin Miller to Marcioso, right circle, red shot, score. 4-2, Vegas. Centering pass, tiptoe by Marcia so Colin Miller found him. Brodziak, trip up. Centering pass, one-timer score, Riley Smith. Off a feed from Marcia so who was on one knee. Here's Dreisaitl. In across the line with McDavid. Hitting for the net. shot, scored. Top left corner. And Dreisaitl says, we're not dead yet. Cleared by the Golden Knights off the short glass, and that chases Matt Benning back and we will end the game. Next home game at Rogers Place will be November the 27th, a 7 o'clock date against the
2: Dallas Stars. Six losses in seven games culminating last night, and I'm telling you, it is not a pretty sight to be around this team right now. It's a lot of losing, it's a lot of frustration, and according to uh, Todd McClellan, I mean, it's happening
0: in a lot of different ways. We've got to get better goaltending um, on certain nights. Our D have to move the puck better, and we've got to be a lot cleaner coming out of our end, spend less time there. Um, our power play has been um, actually okay, except when we leak chances going the other way. Our penalty kill seems to find a way to give one up a night, um, yet we are uh, doing not a bad job of, of structurally being where we want to be. Um, momentum changes in the game have to get better. Uh, we've got to be able to recover from things that don't go our way. I can go on and on. Um, but there are a lot of things that we have to do better to change the momentum of uh, a losing streak.
2: Todd said at it game, it's concerning. It's concerning that this team is finding so many different ways to lose hockey games. But honestly, the number one reason is that they can't play 60 minutes. Here's Connor McDavid.
0: He's got you know, focus on playing a consistent 60 minutes. Uh, we have stretches where we dominate
2: games, and, you know, um, you know, the team can't even get in our own zone. And then uh, we have stretches where we can't even get out of our own zone. So uh, uh, it's just kind of, you know, kind of the highs and lows throughout games that, uh, that we need to fix. And how about being mentally tougher? Well, that was something that Darnell Nurse keyed in after the game.
0: Yeah, I we start well. I think we just have to, there's going to be adversity over the course of a game. We have to handle a it little, a little bit better. That's, I mean, we, we come out strong and that's that's our goal going into each and every game. It's
2: just maintaining that over, over 60 minutes. So there you have it. The guys know exactly what they need to do. But you got to start going out there and executing it. A lot of people on the text line uh, complain that there's a lot of excuses around this team right now. Time for those to end. We'll press pause, we'll come back and hear from Bob Stoffer. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Zach Cassian from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're
0: listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet.
2: Lots of talk, lots of, lots of reasons to talk about how the Oilers are struggling right now. But uh we're going to get to a conversation that I had with Bob. Bob is, uh, this is Brendan Escott, by the way, filling in for Bob for the first time ever uh, here on Oilers now. Bob is traveling with the team right now. I did have a chance to uh, pre-record a conversation with him a little earlier in the afternoon, just getting his thoughts on everything. I mean, you know, uh, he's, he's a lot further in with the team than I am, obviously. So I, I'm not going to pretend uh, <laughs> that I have any kind of the insight he does. Let's just hear it right from the horse's mouth. All right, Bob, well, you're uh, you're probably a few minutes away from jumping in the bird now, I would imagine, and uh, a lot to think about for this team. Have you been around them this morning? And if you have, what's kind of the vibe right now?
0: Well, I mean, they're coming off two straight losses, right? And a very emotional hockey game in Calgary, where I think it's fair to say the Battle of Alberta is back on. And I don't know if they had the requisite energy um, against Vegas to be able to rally, um, they needed some stops. They didn't get the stops, and the, the team's fragile right now. I mean, they go on an eight-two and one stretch, and then follow it up with six losses and seven. Uh, you know, that's it's not going to be great in terms of what's the mood like. But they're pros; they got to get it figured out, and they got to get it turned around when they go into San Jose. But I mean, we had two really interesting hockey games. I think it's fair to say that uh, Matthew Kachuk who, and for full disclosure, is uh, a very good hockey player um, and is uh, a tremendous pick for Calgary. Matthew Kachuk may have single-handedly brought the battle back into the Battle of Alberta. I don't think there's any question about that. That was a, um, a very emotional game, and people were fired up. Um and the Oilers, I thought, certainly in the sequence where uh, Kachuk jumped on the back of Backlund and McDavid, and basically two-on-one McDavid, I was stunned that the Oilers ended up shorthanded in that situation. But maybe we shouldn't be. Uh, but uh, they've got a guy that's an agitator, that is, uh, and, he's, and he's a big body, and he's a hell of a player. That's the other thing. He's a heck of a player. they got a guy there that uh, right now is as good as it gets in that regard. And Calgary's got a deeper hockey team, and the you know Calgary's got a deeper hockey team. If both teams, Brendan, are completely healthy, okay, so let's establish that. Mm-hmm. The Oilers have more top line talent, but the Flames have got a deeper team if everybody's healthy. The Flames have everybody healthy. The Oilers, you know, don't have haven't had Sakra, which is not an excuse. Every team deals with injuries. Um, with haven't had Sakra, and then not having Brodziak and. Uh, reader against Calgary in a game where you spend as much time shorthanded as you would, that doesn't help. So I'm not surprised. The Flames, especially the way they're playing in the third period, they're able to come back in that game. I thought Koskinen played great. And the Oilers squandered opportunities. And it was a highly emotional game. And it's going to continue to be highly emotional when they play against that team. So that's a good thing. I mean, I'm not a guy who hates Calgary. I want to establish that. Uh, I want Calgary to get a new arena because I don't want the team to move. You know, I, I, and I want the battle to be there, in the Battle of Alberta. And there's going to be nights where Oilers fans are going to be upset and think they got screwed. And there's going to be nights where Flames fans are upset and disappointed and they're, they're going to think they got jobs. That's going to come with the territory. That's part of what a rivalry's about. But uh, I will tell you that, as we discussed uh, last night, on the heels of losing that game, waiting on the tarmac for an additional hour and a half, for the second time this year out of calgary after a game because there's no air pressure in a plane has to be the most bizarre confluence events and again it is not an excuse for why edmonton lost against vegas but it's just the sort of things that compound at these times last night against vegas brendan you were there i mean cam talbot at one point had four goals against on 12 shots mm-hmm. stuff to win games in the nhl when you're number one goalie isn't, isn't giving you any saves. I think Koskinen, in fairness, has given the Oilers saves early in games. But uh, that did not occur last night with Talbot. And, again, the team's confidence is fragile. They they don't have great depth um, right now. I mean, they made the decision to send the two young right wings down. They got Marodi up as a third-line center after the Strom deal. And all that being said, they're going to have to pull it together here or they're going to fall out of it. Or there's going to be some other collateral damage as well.
2: So I'm curious about two things here, Bob, that you just touched on. Number one, is Cooper like legitimately the third-line center going forward for this team, Um, whether it be out of necessity or ability? And secondly, what did you think of Patrick Russell, and is he going to be here in the long term over somebody like Yessi Poyarvi or Kyler Yamamoto? Well, I'll
0: answer the Russell question first. Patrick Russell is a fourth-liner at the NHL level. I think he can probably play in the league as a depth forward. Um, his long term ceiling isn't as close to Polyarbee or Yamamoto. I could see Yamamoto coming back up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think maybe they'll give Polyarbee a longer look down there to try to rebuild some confidence because I don't actually think Yamamoto played that bad. Neither do, he just do I. He didn't score. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he played that bad. In Polyarbee's case, I think he lost some confidence. I think his teammates didn't have an immense amount of confidence with him. I think. Jay Woodcroft might have the right personality right now to um, bring a guy along like that in terms of Cooper Marody. I think the orders missed Ryan Strome this weekend and people will laugh while well, he only scored one goal, but the analytics guys out there, let's, you know, say, wait a second here. He was above 50% player and in terms of Corsi and Fenwick. And I think that the Oilers missed them. They, especially with project being ill on Saturday in Calgary, like, well, they have won the, you know, and that's, just think about the, the two goals against, the second and third goal against. On the second goal against, Ryan Spooner wasn't on the wall. And on the third goal against, Spooner got beat down in front by Lindholm, who's a good player. And that's the other thing we need to establish. Like, Calgary's got a good team. I know this show's called Oilers now. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and say Calgary's a Stanley Cup contender, but they have a vastly improved forward core.
2: And that's where we're going to leave that conversation with Bob. We're a little bit late getting to the news break when we come back here on Oilers Now. John Shannon will give his thoughts on the state of the Oilers right now. I'm Brendan Escott. Fill it in for Bob Stoffer. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now
1: with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.